We have committed investors who are saying that they will continue to support it. If we don't get out of our own way and really get some sales rolling, um, then yeah, then we've got to look at all sorts of things. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hey, folks, my guest today is Charles Yeomans. He's the CEO of two technology firms and COO at a financial services firm. He was also a key architect of two of the nation's largest insurance brokerages. He was an investment banker at Naval Intelligence and, and a Naval Intelligence Officer and has an AB from Kenyon College and an MBA from Stanford, now building AdamBeamTech.com. Software increases IoT bandwidth by 4x. Charles, you ready to take us to the top? I am. All right. So just to be clear, your software helps people increase their bandwidth. Is that accurate? Yes, that's absolutely right. How's it work? So uh, essentially, it's this, that we take a really old idea, which is the use of code books. uh, And we combine that with some pretty fancy math uh, that's MIT level stuff, uh, along with machine learning. And uh, what we do by doing that, we're able to take advantage of the fact that you see a lot of patterns in uh, these little pa- these little files that machines generate, IoT files. But we see instead of one, like compression does, we look in thousands. And because of that, and because of our use of codebooks, we can take we make a piece of software that is small, light, ultra fast, four hundred times faster than compression. And it will work on the tiniest little files that you could imagine, like under 10 bytes. And if you were to try to apply compression to that, you would find it would make them bigger. Consequently, Mm -hmm. because we're super fast and we reduce it on an average of 75%, we get an average of four times more bandwidth simply with software. So we can take your existing network and quadruple its capacity. Interesting. Now, what do people pay uh, you on average per month to use this technology? Uh, it, it varies tremendously because the uses are so varied. If you were to talk about somebody um, uh, using it, say, to over satellites, um, they might be, if they're, for example, they were paying um, uh, $10,000 a month, they might be paying us a couple thousand dollars. But they're also avoiding paying $40,000 that they would be paying if they didn't use our stuff. So it's a pretty good deal. So your sweet spots, I know you have a big range, but your sweet spot might be 5,000 bucks a month, something like that. Yeah. But I mean, I got to tell you that this, the companies that are either using it or considering using it are extremely large. I mean, we're talking Fortune 100 size and they are talking about in many cases, deploying it on a huge number of uh, machines. And so, is that how you upsell? That's why your price goes up. So it's it's based off the number of machines. Yeah, it is. So it's really you know it on a on a per machine basis, it's either pennies or a dollar or something. It's really small. But the I, I'm talking about like like a mate like we just won a uh, proof of concept in a 
in a competition in Sweden with Saab. Saab makes uh, military aircraft. They make uh, all sorts of other defense. How many products. machines would they deploy on on day one? Um, well, they they are just they're just getting started. <clears throat> but they, you know, it'll probably be hundreds of airplanes, many other machines that it's like, think of it this way. We are how machines can communicate. Any machine can communicate more effectively with other machines. No, I understand that, Charles. What I'm trying to understand is when someone's going to pay you over a million bucks a year, is that because they're installing this on over a million machines? Yeah, yeah. Maybe not a million machines, but yeah, uh, um, a lot. I would say- So, So it's a dollar per machine per month. That's sort of where you blend out. Yeah, to say that's a reasonable approximation. Okay. It's going to okay. vary a lot, depends on the use, but yes, that's fair. Reasonable. Fair. Okay. And and so give me the backstory here. When did you launch the company? Uh, the end of 2017. 20, and you were sole founder or no? No. Uh, I w- had a co-founder, uh, Ali Ashgar Riahi, who is a um, uh, technology uh, founder. And did and you I guys just say... Did you guys just say, you know what, we're going to stick right down the middle and be fair, we'll just split it 50-50, or did you split equity differently? Oh, we split it up. It was pretty close to 50-50 after, um, you know, they consider we the money that came in and, and all that. Uh, so, Were you, you know, fronting I mean, a bunch of the money, the startup capital? Um, most of it came from um, uh, private investors, um, and we've also done a crowdfunding round. So, Oh, I see. So it was like maybe you have 40%, he has 40%, and then investors own whatever, 20%. So we no, we own much less than that because the investors have come in, you know, for you know, for over four million now. Uh, Got it. When did you do that round? Um, the last round uh, we did, the crowdfunding round, closed in um, September. And how much was that for? Uh, that was two and a half, two point six million. Just okay. Off. What platform did you use to do that? Start Engine. Ah, yeah, we love Howard. Great platform. What uh, valuation did you set? I forget what his structure is. Is there a cap or a valuation? Uh, it was a cap and a on a uh, uh, convertible note, and the cap was ten. Okay, got it. Cap was that. That's post. Well, it's a cap. Yeah, so got it. So it'll convert later. Um, are you looking at raising equity now so that would actually convert or no? Yeah, we are. Um, we we you know we're we're approaching a point at which we're really going to ramp. And uh, so the thing is, think of it this way. If, if one satellite company, and we have a big satellite company, is late stage of incorporating it. Once they deploy, then satellite data bandwidth is a commodity. If one co- provider is providing satellite bandwidth at price X uh, minus, and it, well, everybody is at price X and they're at X minus 10, say, then boom. Everybody else has to use it, or they're way behind because we are the same thing as launching a bunch of new satellites. Mm-hmm. So Understood. it's a big time dramatic effect of of it, when you're talking about a commodity. Think about selling West Texas Intermediate crude. Everybody sells it for price whatever the price is. But if suddenly somebody sells it for twenty dollars less a barrel, then everybody will buy that. Crude. Understood. So just you said you raised four million. Two point six was equity crowdfunding. Where the other one point four come from? Um, accredited private investors, um, um, wealthy individuals, that sort of thing. So would you call that like your pre-seed before the equity crowdfund? Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay. Got it. Interesting. How did they feel about the crowdfunding? I mean, that's a lot of extra people you have to deal with in an equity crowdfunding. Most of them were okay with it. I would say they were all okay with it. Um, I I think they were fascinated because it's such a new thing and people aren't used to it and, uh, and all that. So... You know, I would say that overall, you know, it, they, everyone was very supportive. 
Mm-hmm. Very cool. So you get going in 2017, you get your first customers on, you get some capital to build the MVP. How many customers are you now serving today? Uh, let's see who are, well, you know, we're in really in POC mode with, with all of them right now, including okay. uh, department of defense. Uh, so, you so know, how many POCs do you have out and are they paid? Uh, some are paid. Um, uh, let's see. Um, one, two, three. So there's about four that are very active and there's, uh, two or three more that aren't as active. Okay. So when you say four are active, four have paid for the POC. Uh, no, uh, two uh, paid. Got it. How do you get the other two that aren't paying to start paying? Yeah, no, that's a fair point. Um, I think uh, part of it is we need to ask, uh, but part of it is that um, you know we, you know, I mean, part of it is you say, okay, the process we're undertaking with customer X with this uh, big satellite company is they're putting engineering effort in, we're putting engineering effort in. It's not like it's lopsided one way or another. Once it's up and running, we're going to, they're going to add a surcharge onto everybody who uses our stuff, and we're going to split the revenue. So it's almost kind of a joint effort to get customers that we both are undertaking. It's different from an end user, say. Mm-hmm. Talk to me more about your team. How many folks full-time? Um, full-time is right around 14 at the moment. 14. How many engineers? Um, Seven. Seven. Okay, so heavy engineering, which which makes sense. Many of you guys listening have built incredible SaaS tools to help other founders, specific industries, really get value or make some system easier. The problem is you can't help your clients until they import some portion of their data. And you've considered on your Trello board and your Sprint timelines, spending weeks building a CSV importer for certain data sets. You're spying right now because you know I'm right. And either you do it and you waste engineering time or you don't do it and your customers have a horrible time getting onboarded. And listen, let's face the facts. Your ability to give value to your customers sometimes is very dependent on their ability to get you their data. Once you have the data, everything is really smooth. Well, this exact problem probably explains why FlatFile is growing so quick. They've raised over $44 million and they do exactly this. The data onboarding platform for your marketing teams, your engineering teams, they enable you to get usable data faster so you can focus on what matters most to your business. And the fastest growing companies like my friend ClickUp, Zeb, multi-billion dollar valuation, they all use FlatFile. Now, FlatFile reached out, they wanted to sponsor. I said, you got a good deal for us? And they do. For anyone listening, any anyone that's part of the top entrepreneurs community or get latka you can get a deal now to get started today at nathanlatka.com forward slash flat file and they make it so easy by the way their onboarding is beautiful you don't have to commit to a bunch of stuff you can actually see a demo live instantly right now check it out nathanlatka.com forward slash flat file tell me a little bit more about sort of like next steps right so you raised 2.6 on 10 you mentioned your are you looking at raising the equity round now um, we are not officially yet, um, but uh, we're, we're trying to get um, a couple of accounts closed uh, mm-hmm. and then yeah, jump into the equity. We're getting a lot of interest from, I get called by venture guys a lot. And, Does it uh, make you nervous, though, that you're so diluted already in your pre-revenue? Of course. I mean, I don't How do like you manage it. that? You... You just do the best you can. You do it at, you know, like our next round will be at a significantly higher valuation, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 
you know, certainly, yeah, I'm not arguing that, you know, we, you know, took a fair bit of dilution, but, you know, uh, you got to get the money or you're not going to get far. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just a question of who you take the money from investors who require equity or customers who require a great product. Yeah, right. No, that is absolutely right. And our preference, not surprisingly, is to take it from customers. Uh, and we have, you know, you're close, it sounds like. Yeah, given the number of big customers that you know are out there, either using it, confirmed that it works, and now they're. Integrated. I get the sense that you're nervous to ask for big contracts, though. I sort of get the sense that you're when yeah, I ask no, you. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you're right. I think you know we need to get over that. Um, you should just look in the mirror tonight, Charles, and just practice looking and saying, uh, just practice saying ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Say, say, say. Um, our full pricing, if you want the full suite of tools, is a million dollars a year with a two-year minimum contract. Would you like me to send over the DocuSign? Just practice saying it over and over. Yeah, again. all right. <laughs> so, are you available? You know, <laughs> I, I totally cannot. Right. I, I would be a very bad. Yeah. I'd be a very bad salesperson for your product. I don't know it well enough. But I do think this happens a lot with founders. I think there's a ton of founders that undervalue, the majority of founders undervalue what they've built. And they're so nervous to ask for the contract value that they deserve. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. I think, you know, you struggle and struggle, and then you get to a point and you think, you know, please somebody, and then people start to show up and you think, well, you know, yeah, it is a really good value proposition. I mean, like, you know, we can literally save somebody 80% of what they're paying right now for something. We can do all kinds of cool stuff. And I'm not, I'm only scraping the surface here of some of the things this thing could do when I talk about, you know, the 75% reduction thing. But, you know, when you, st- when you stand in front of, when you sit in front of somebody and you say, okay, this is what I, I want from you guys, uh, you know, it, it's hard to, you know, and, and so it says, okay, we need to get better at that. And you're absolutely right. And there are things that I've already thought about, but you know, this is inspiring me to get better about it. You're totally right. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, this is great. I'm just trying to learn from you, get in your head a little bit and understand the growth so far. So uh, uh, equity crowdfunding, uh, you raise capital there, a team of 14. You think some of these four or five POCs hopefully will convert to paid. Do you think you can convert to paid by the end of the year? I think, you know, at least a couple will be. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say because sometimes they're stop and go. And plus you have, you know, the holidays and stuff like that. So I would hope so, at least two. Mm-hmm. How long do you have you set any end date on this? In other words, if this define what would what this company would look like if it is still not working a year from now, where you'd say it's time to shut it down? Mm, it's not going to be that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it really won't be that we have committed investors who are saying that they will continue to support it. If we don't get out of our own way and really get some sales rolling, um, then yeah, then we've got to look at all sorts of things, but we're not going to be sitting here a year from now with things not working and no money and we're shutting it down. That won't happen. All right. Well, on that note, Charles, let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite book? Ah, I think, um, I would have to say master and commander by Patrick O'Brien. Master and commander. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, most of the CEOs I followed in the past was back when I was a banker and uh, I had some CEOs that I thought were just terrific. And I still consult with them occasionally. And, Name one. Um, sure. Um, 
Mike, well, I call him Shooter. Mike Shoot is his name. Mike um, Shoot. Very cool. S H U T E. S H U T. Good. Uh, number uh, number three. What's your favorite online tool for build, or the one that you use the most? Oh, that that I use personally. Yep. Um. Hmm. Um. I use it's pretty mundane. I I use a compression for PDFs. That it's called Sage. I mean, it's like. I mean, you've said the most frequent, and that's it, you know, because right, uh, I'm always compressing. So, number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Ah, well, real sleep or just, you know, sleep, <laughs> average sleep. Yeah, it's probably, I probably get a good seven plus. I mean, okay. You know, in Charles' situation, married, single kiddos? Uh, uh, all of the above except single, but, you know, <laughs> how many kids? Uh, two. Um, one is a senior in college and the other is a senior in uh, boarding school in New Hampshire. And Charles, how old are you? I'm 65. Last question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20. <sighs> There's a long list. Um, I think the most important thing is to go in with your eyes open and associate yourself with the best possible people and be honest with them and make sure they're honest with you. Guys, there you have it. Uh, Adam Beam Tech, again, helping you do goo compression more effectively. They've got four or five POCs out there right now, plenty of capital to work with. Uh, they've raised, they just raised a bunch on a crowdfunding um, campaign, again, with the goal here of increasing your IoT bandwidth. Team of 14 people looking to scale, bring on some more engineers. We'll see what happens next year. Hopefully, they can convert some of these POCs into real paid customers as they price per machine. All right. Thanks, Charles, for taking us to the top. Yep. Many thanks, Nathan. Thanks for your time.